0: welcome into another episode of patrick jones baseball in today's episode we are talking everything bat speed all right we're talking everything bat speed it's the off season right it's about getting bigger faster stronger we want to be able to hit bombs next season and so you see a lot more online bat speed training you know bat speed this and the importance of bat speed and so i thought you know what I'm going to dig up some old notes here. I'm going to go and and do some research. I'm going to talk to some people and we're going to do an episode on bat speed today. All right. So by the end of this episode, you're going to be able to decide for yourself how important bat speed is in regards to hitting development, because you see two sides online. You see one side of people online where it's geez, bat speeds, everything, right? I mean, how could you not ever focus on bat speed? You should focus on it all the time because it's everything. And if you don't have high bat speed, you're not gonna be a good hitter. And the higher bat speed you have, the better hitter you automatically become. And then there's the other side where it's bat speed's overrated. You don't need high bat speed to be a good hitter. And so it can be a little bit confusing. So I think after today's episode, you'll be in a position where you can make that decision for yourself. And that's my goal for today's episode. So first things first, we need to define bat speed, right? Because, It's actually a little bit more complicated than you think. You know, when you talk about bat speed, it it can feel like, well, isn't it just how fast the bat is moving at impact? And you could say, yeah, but it also depends on how you're measuring it, right? What exactly are we measuring on the bat? Are we just measuring the entire bat or are we measuring a specific part of the bat? And so what we're going to do is we're going to, just for today's discussion, we're going to, we're going to uh, define it. The same way that that um, some some pieces of technology define it too, we're gonna define it as um, you know the uh, the point of, on the bat that's six inches from the end of the bat, all right? So not where the handle is, but the end of the bat, six inches from the top of the bat. And that's right around that barrel area, right? So that, think about that barrel, those few inches that where the barrel is at, that's how we're gonna find it. So those few inches at contact with the ball, that's how we're gonna define bat speed for today. And so now that we have the definition, it's like, okay, how do we actually go about measuring? Like what, what is the measure? How do you actually measure the bat speed? Like how, how do these companies do it? How can you do it or I do it? And do you actually need to know the exact formula? Of course, you don't need to know the formula, but I know that there's some people listening to this that probably do want to know the formula. So here it is. I'm going to give it to you. Okay, so we're measuring angular speed because you know angular speed is is you know that's what you use to measure something um, when it rotates. And so the formula for bat speed in a in a simple version is um, you know bat speed is is equal to angular speed times radius times conversion factor. And so angular speed is how fa- how quickly the bat rotates, and you measure that in radians per second. And then the the radius is the distance from the bat's knob, which is the rotation rotation point, to the point of impact. You measure that in feet. And then lastly, the conversion factor, and that changes the angular speed from radians per second to miles per hour. And so uh, you know an example would be, uh, let's say a bat is rotating at fifty two radians per second, and the sweet spot is is uh, twenty seven inches, which which would be two point two five feet from from the knob. And so you can use that formula, and it would be 52 radians per second times 2.25 feet times the conversion factor, and you would get 81.9 miles per hour. Now, that may seem like a, a lot of overblown formula, you know, overblown metrics and measurables and too complicated, completely get it, but wanted to give that insight for for those who, who do want to uh to know and, and all this will be in the show notes too if you do want to read more about it so now that we have the 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 definition of bat speed we we know about okay like how it how it's measured where it's measured on the bat the formula that it's used um now let's talk about you know what actually impacts bat speed okay and i think that the first one is the most common one would be like well of course that impacts bat speed but we got to always take it into consideration, and that's timing. And I'll give you, I'll give you a story here. So I work with, I worked with a player um, a little while back, and before the player came in for an assessment, I looked him up online, saw he went to a showcase, and saw at this showcase that his bat speed was it was it, it topped out in the 80s. And so I'm thinking, man, that's that's pretty impressive. And so, you know, they use the last Motion Bat Sensor for um, the bat speed testing at this showcase and so he came into the uh to my to my facility where i'm doing this podcast at and um, i had him on blast motion and I'm like man this his his bat speed was between 60 and 65 miles an hour it's like that's like if that's 15 to 20 mile an hour difference and so i'm thinking is this blast sensor right you know oh we got another blast sensor let me try that one on so we changed blast sensors and yeah it was it was it was definitely right you know it, it, did the showcase use a, a a bad sensor what was going on so I went back and and watched the video again of this player in the showcase every ball that he had hit was way out in front of home plate right it was a showcase he was trying to pull every single ball so it was way out in front of home plate and so that was that's a good reminder to to everyone out there that's why it's important to to always make sure that you you pair any piece of technology metric, all that. You, you, there's context to it. You can't just solely take one number and paint a picture with it. And so you got to pair video with it. You got to pair, you know, the location of the pitch, so that you know, timing. Everything takes into takes into account. And so that's, you know, that's one one way that timing plays a part in it. You know, the next thing is is grip, right? Grip plays an impact in, into, you know, your actual bat speed. And the, if you go up there and if you don't believe me, try this yourself, you go grip the bat as hard as you possibly can and try to swing it. Your bat speed's not going to be as high because your muscles are so tight that they're not going to be, they're not going to be fast. And so a grip plays a a part in it. Um, There was a study done on, on choking up. And it, what it did is that this particular study is it it took over uh, 20 hitters. Um, I believe it was 24 hitters to be exact. And so it had, you know, half the hitters choking up on the bat half, and then half the hitters not choking up on the bat. And then it's like, okay, like what's the difference? What's the difference between, you know, the time to contact? So how quick they were to the ball? What's the difference between their bat speed? And so what they found is what you would probably guess anyway, is they were quicker to the ball, all right? They were quicker to the ball when they were choking up. Um, so their time to contact did go down. Um, their their barrels, like how often they they were able to barrel the ball, actually wasn't, it didn't have any impact at all, which you may think is surprising. And then lastly, their bat speed went down on average about 10% when they choked up on the bat versus when they had a regular grip right on top of the knob. So that that's a you know anytime I'm reading a a study online um about anybody there's context to it right we don't know the actual players we don't know, always know you know we know the environment but it just it's a small sample size of course but um it, it is a sample size if nothing else so and and I think just reading through this study and, and again all of these will be linked in the show notes if you want to read more it is um you know it's not surprising i guess to say now you could say like man geez barry bonds choked up what about barry bonds yeah he choked up and there's some really good hitters who choke up and i would say you know isn't that crazy to think about if barry bonds had another 10 percent of batsby that he left on the table by choking up um you know i wouldn't recommend barry bonds not choke up comparing you know what the what the the career he had at the end of the day it is about barreling the baseball and so for some players Hey, they will take away a little bit of bat speed and choke up a little bit. And, and if, you, if that makes you feel more confident, by all means, let's do it. But um, based upon this study, 10% decrease in bat speed when players choked up versus when they didn't. Um, so that's pretty interesting to note. Um, another study, and again, I'm, I'm going to go through a couple of different studies. I think it's important to put out and in, put information out there, and you can make your own mind up in terms of you know, what you want to take and and apply with, you know, your own hitters. But this, this next study is talked about muscle. um, It measured, you know, how thick a player's muscle was and then compared it to their bat speed. And so, you know, it measured, you know, the muscles and then the trunk, right. You know, their, their abs and, and, um, and then it measured, you know, their upper limb muscles. So their elbows and forearm muscles. And then lastly, it measured their lower limb muscles and went down to their ankles and knees and things of that sort. And what was interesting about this study, which I think is something I do want to note, because you see sometimes with bat speed training that you should swing and train on both sides um, as a hitter. So if I'm a right-handed hitter, they would say I also train your non-dominant side too. So swing left-handed as well as right-handed. I mean, that's going to help supposedly increase your your uh, your bat speed on the right hand side well this study came out and said that there's there's no significant relationship between lateral asymmetry of trunk muscles thickness and bat speed so essentially it's saying that just because your muscles are stronger on one side and not as strong as the other doesn't mean that your bat speed is, is going to be um, any different if you trained on the opposite side. So it, it, it's, a, it's saying it's pretty much a waste of time. If you're tra- training specifically for bat speed, if you're there, now there's other ways to that, that maybe swinging on your non-dominant side may help you, but if your solely focused is to increase bat speed on your dominant side, trying to train the non-dominant side too is is not a smart use of your time it's not going to make much impact and so what they all and what they'll lastly found in that study was the uh, muscle thickness in the the abs and lower back on the dominant side um, played a, a bigger part in bat speed than all the other areas tested but I would like to note that they they did not they did not measure muscle muscle thickness and in, in, in the glutes or quads or anything like that, which I thought was interesting. i surprised they didn't, but so that was from that study. The biggest takeaway was when you're training bat speed, don't worry about training the non-dominant side. If you want to train the non-dominant side for other reasons that may help you with hitting all by all means, but it's not going to help you on the dominant side. Next, next thing we're going to talk about is the on deck routine, which I think is something that we've seen over the course of years for hitters. You know, usually you, you watch hitters on deck and they have some sort of donut on their bat or weight or, you know, one of those really heavy weights that they're swinging around. And I did this a lot as a player. And, you know, it makes sense, right? You swing something a lot heavier when you pick up your regular bat. It's going to feel a lot lighter. You're going to be able to swing it a lot faster, feel more confident. And we've known this for a while. I don't know if you remember this back in the day of the, the ESPN had that sports science show and they did the study on on bat speed. When when a player had a donut on their bat, took the donut off and then swung and then did it without the donut. And, you know, their bat speed went down when they warmed up with the donut on versus not having it on. But you still see players doing it all the time. And I think that's something that, you know, when you when you have a, a habit like that at a young age, it's very hard to break the older that you get. I think that's one of the reasons. And I think the second reason is, too, is is there's an art to hitting. There's an art to hitting. And if a player thinks that something, you know, feels lighter and now they're more confident stepping up in the box against a a pitcher, then there's maybe some truth to that too. And so that's something that again, we have to to, um, take into into consideration um, when it it comes to on deck, but ideally in the on deck circle, you know, you you don't want to be swinging a, a very heavy bat and, and then picking up your, your gamer and then going, um, you know, up to the plate because your bat speed will decrease a little bit. And so that's, that's something to note. There's some studies that have been done on that um, various percentages between, uh, I, I want to say 12%, anything above 12% or below 12% underload of your regular game bat will decrease uh, your bat speed on the on deck circle. Um, that's based. That was one, one of the studies that I read. Uh, I had Liam Mucklow on the show uh, probably over a year ago and, for him, he, by the way, he's a, uh, fa- one of the, the founders at uh, Baseball Performance Lab down at Marucci. And one of the things that he had talked about is hey, in an ideal world on the on deck circle, if I could pick anything I wanted to, we want to make sure those motor units are firing, the brain is prime for speed. And so what I would want to do is I would want to hit her to do a really heavy trap bar deadlift 330 pounds probably for two or three reps and then grab a fungo and rip it rip a few swings to to really prime the body for speed then so we're hitting both sides and then grab your regular bat head up to the plate so that was his that was that was uh know, yeah, that was what Liam recommended and I don't know about anybody else but I think it's probably pretty hard to, to have a, a trap bar on the on-deck circle 330 pounds um maybe in the hole or something of that in that regards, but I thought that was pretty cool and and wanted to share that, um, with you as well. One of the things that you'll hear too is, you know, for bat speed. And this is something that I did religiously growing up is, is grip and forearm strength. If you want to increase your bat speed, it's all, it's all the grip, right? It's all wrist strength. And I want you to think about it in, in two different ways. Okay. Think about it as, as driving a car, so if you're driving a car, let's and say you had you're driving a Ferrari, right? And like, man, you have this incredible engine. It's, you know, you can go so fast on it. It can stop on a dime, do all these things. But this, but your your stealing, steering wheel doesn't work very well. Like there's something a little bit off on it. And before you know, like, you don't know what direction this this car's going with this incredible engine. And it's not that great to drive anymore. And it's not that effective because the steering wheel's off. That's the same concept with uh, hand and grip strength. It, it is important, right? It is, it's it's very important, but it's definitely not the most important thing. And so think about it in that regard to the Ferrari, right? If you have a, an engine, of Ferrari, but you have a, a bad steering wheel, not gonna be that effective. So if you have, you know, you're really strong in your core and, you know, all of your body, but your, your wrists, you know, maybe you have a wrist injury, your bat speed is, you know, going to be affected, and you're you're not going to be able to hit for as much power. With that said, it's not important to to make wrists and forearm strength the the most important thing in training because it doesn't have that great of an impact. It's just it's important to be strong, but we we don't focus too much time on it. And if you think about it, I mean, look how small your wrists are, right, compared to the rest of your body. To think that those solely are responsible for hitting my ball 400 plus feet against 98 miles an hour that's hard to fathom and so that's something that that you also want to keep into consideration um you know when doing grip strength training like yes it is important but it's not the end all be all bat speed training specifically so a lot of the um, things that have been done on bat speed training is the the overload underload bat speed training and I have several thoughts on this. So can it be effective? Yes, definitely. It can work, but it's very similar to someone taking a a supplement. Like say you're taking a protein supplement. Well, let's just say there's let's say I never work out and I'm taking a protein supplement and someone else is working out and has a clean diet and everything and they're taking a protein supplement. I'm probably not going to see that big of res- big of a difference because I'm not working out. Maybe I'm not eating clean either. Versus this other person is, they're they're working out regularly. They're eating clean, and plus they're doing this protein supplement too. They're they're probably going to see a little bit better um, of a difference and see more of an impact than someone like myself. And so the overload underload bat speed training is is very similar too. Whereas if you solely just do overload underload bat speed training and nothing else you're probably not going to see a ton of results. And, you know, that also goes down to even, you know, really young kids, right? Like pre-puberty kids doing a ton of bat speed training. I have a few thoughts on that. So, yes, it is good to get them to to swing fast and and do all that. 100% agree. Um, You know, I want them swinging hard from what I've seen. And, again, it's not the biggest sample size in the world. So take it with a grain of salt. But I've I have seen a lot of kids who have have had problems dumping the barrel. And so if you give them an overload bat, from what I've seen, it just it may has made the issue worse, worse because they don't have the functional strength yet. That's what I've seen. I've seen other people who have who have said that it's it's helped you know younger players to give them an overload bat who do dump the barrel. So that from what I've seen, I have to go by what I what my eyes tell me at the end of the day. For younger kids, I I usually stray away from stray away from the overload underload bat speed training just because they don't have the functional strength yet. I do want them to move fast, but you don't have to have overload, underload, bat speed, um, weighted bats to do that and to to really emphasize that with them. So th- that's from what I've seen. But based upon the studies that I, I've seen done, usually you want to be within a 10 to 20 percent increase in overload so let's say you have your regular game bat your game weight 10 to 20 percent would be overload and then 10 to 20 percent of that weight for the for your underload and there's been studies that have been done that have still shown an increase in bat speed for for hitters who have gone up to 60 70 percent overload and then you know swinging a fungo bat as well i think for me again i i think the most important thing is is, is helping a hitter develop as a hitter. And so I don't always, I want to make sure that they, their swing stays intact. And so I've just, one of the things that I've seen is you start swinging something way too heavy for a hitter who doesn't really know how to hit first. I've seen it, it it, it hurt their, their movement a little bit. So I try, I do try to stay within that 10 to 20% for that specific reason. Now, once a hitter knows how to hit, then I think, you know, geez, I think it, you can do a lot of different things with that. But for the, a lot of the majority of the hitters that are probably going to be listening to this or coaches out there, um, that's why I'm pretty dogmatic on, on sticking with that 10 to 20%. You still may see some benefit in doing, you know, heavier than that or lighter than that. That's just based upon, you know, what I've seen personally. So overload underload can be very beneficial, can be helpful, and it can help uh, clean up some swing flaws as well. Especially for some of the overload, I just would recommend, based on my own opinion, that the hitter has some functional strength before you start doing that. So bat speed is, uh, it, you know, it is important. Okay, we've listed a couple of the things so far uh, as to why it is important. I mean, if you look at who has the highest bat speed in the major leagues in 2023, it is John Carlos Stanton. So we can't say that, hey, the higher the bat speed you have, the better the hitter. No offense to John Carlo. He'll be he's a much better hitter than I was, but he's not regarded as the best hitter in the major leagues. And so if you look at, you know, the top 10, top 15 players who have bat speed it's not necessarily the top 10 top 15 hitters in major league baseball and so it's important to note that it's not necessarily you know again something that you have to obsess over i'd want to believe mike trout was number three um but again joey gallo number four um and so you there's some other good hitters on that top 10 list with acuna and judge but uh you know i don't know who sam hillard is uh, jake bowers don't know who he is um Cordero don't know who he is and so I don't want to say this to rip on these guys by any means because again they're in the major leagues I'm here doing this podcast talking with you but it also it just shows that the best hitters don't always necessarily have the highest bat speed and so At the beginning of this, you know, what we talked about, bat speed's probably a little bit overrated, and it's a little bit underrated, too. And here's why I think it's a little bit of both, okay? So, if you take somebody, like, let's take an example like Tony Gwynn. Let's say Tony Gwynn obsessed with bat speed, and he just, he focused everything on just swinging the bat harder and faster and everything. That may have hurt him as a hitter, right? Because part of what makes Tony Gwynn, Tony Gwynn, was the fact that, you know, he he was able to hit, you know, a lot of flares over the infielder's head. And, and you know, hit if he was able, if he started hitting balls a little bit harder, like maybe more of those are getting caught by the outfielders. And, you know, maybe he doesn't have that, the same feel that he had as a hitter. Uh, and then, you know, that may be, you know, an extreme example, but there's other players even to this day in the major leagues who, you know, aren't power hitters. And so you may say, well, what if we tried to increase their bat speed? Well, you could do that, but usually that's going to take, you know, it's, it's, there's usually a give and take. So, okay. Like you want to give, you want to, if you want to give someone more bat speed, that's great, but you may be taking something away. And the reality is you're probably not going to just give someone more bat speed. And now they become a power threat, like a John Carlos Stanton just doesn't work like that. So there's give and take with, with both. Uh, You know, I just don't think it's something that you should necessarily obsess over, because you know you can be a really good hitter and not have a high bat speed. Now, I do think you, you have there is a threshold, right? I mean, you, you can't be swinging a wet newspaper if you're heading up to the plate and expect to hit 98. So you, there is a, a bare minimum. Um, I just don't know if you need to necessarily obsess over everything that's um, that's bat speed related. And so I, I think that you know, in order to to wrap things up, uh, you know bat speed is important. Getting in the weight room is important too. Getting stronger is important too. And, and those those play a part in in um in bat speed, but it, it can be a little bit overrated in the sense that just because you have higher bat speed is not going to necessarily make you a better hitter. And so, yeah, you may see major league hitters online. They're focusing on bat speed, they're they're going and doing bat speed training. And, and heck, I mean, I do some bat speed training with some particular hitters that I work with, but you got to understand those hitters, they know how to hit first and so we want to make sure that if we're going to do bat speed training let's say if i'm a high school coach i think that there is a some room for it because you know it's a different object than your game bat and so it's like okay we're building speed here and even if we're just taking dry swings there's research that's been done that has shown that even taking dry swings doing bat speed bat speed training has improved um has improved a uh, you know in, in game or um, a uh, player's regular game weight bat as well. But with that all being said, if you're going to do it as a as a coach, and maybe you supplement it. I, uh, going back to the analogy of the the protein supplement earlier, maybe you supplement it. So maybe it's you know one day here, one day there. You're doing bat speed training. Maybe you incorporate the bat speed training um, um, at, amongst some other things that you're doing. So that way, you're, like yeah, you are motioning to hitters it's important to move fast but at the same time we're not solely obsessing over nothing except bat speed and i think that's what sometimes gets highlights gets gets highlighted online whether it's meant to or not is it looks it it seems as if some people are focusing on nothing except bat speed and just pulling bolts and then others aren't and so i think that there's a combination and room for both i think both can be very important um But it's important that you have some sort of plan instead of just, you know, having players go through bat speed training and not really knowing exactly what to do. So I hope that helped. I'm going to put all the articles that I talked about today in the show notes. So if you want more information, if you want to dig even deeper, go for it. Uh, You know, like I said, I, I do work with hitters and do some bat speed training. On my own so if if you're somebody if you're a coach out there probably more specific for coaches and you're interested in, in some sort of bat speed training send me an email and I, I might be able to um to help or maybe i can come up with a, a program that you'd be able to do with your team if you have any questions put them um in the put them in the in your email send me an email jones baseball training at com. and good luck the rest of this year and into next season